Welcome back to another episode of the Kip Men Podcast. As always, I have Owen, Josh, Dillette, and today joining us is Michael. Michael, how are you? Very good. Thanks for having me, boys. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so I want to start off with a nice little song I wrote. Oh, let's hear it. Jaka, Saka, Laka. Jaka, Saka, Laka. Wow, that's so deep. I love it. What do you think about it? I think it's brilliant. You should release it. I should release it? Yeah. How'd you like the game? The Arsenal game? The Arsenal game. It, it took me by surprise. I think it took us all by surprise. I think it really did. Yeah, it definitely did. Thanks for having me on this episode in particular. Like, it was definitely the most inspired Arsenal match I've seen probably in like two years. <laughs> I did since Alexis left. I think this was probably like the most fight I've seen on the field. Yeah, yeah not like red card fighting, like like will to yeah, score, will to win. Seeing Martinelli do the the Vardy press for like ninety minutes straight. Oh, that was beautiful, bro. Yeah. Yeah, so so Delight finally got his wish of having the the Europa League squad in the Prem, and they came out with a win. I mean, Obama Yang was on the bench for this game. Do you think he comes back into the team? Do you want him back into the team? Um, I don't know. That's an interesting one because the way that they were playing yesterday, I don't know if Obama Yang can really do that. I guess maybe it's a matter of like mentality. Whenever you're on the field with William, you probably don't want to press. But, I mean, maybe the, the younger players inspire him. Who knows? Yeah, I, I don't I, think I don't think he's fit for the striker role though. At least right now, because they're asking a lot of like hold up play from Lacazette, and Aubameyang is like the complete opposite of that. I don't think it'll work. So you just don't think he has a place in the team really at the moment? I think he has a place, but it's up to like how willing he is to buy into the system. Because we saw the the younger players were out there, like like really like pushing for like the whole 90 minutes. That's true because, I mean, I wouldn't take Sokka out of the left side. You could switch him to the right, but whenever he and Tierney are down that left side, you guys create so many more chances. Well, so, that's the thing. Like, we, Sokka's actually playing on the right side to, uh, this past weekend. Yeah. Or Arteta did so much different. He switched from that typical like three back formation that's been terrible all year to a four two three one. Saka was on the right instead of playing on the left today. So I'm thinking, and my dream is always for Saka to play at the ten. So I think there still is a chance for Aubameyang to play in this formation. Maybe put him on the left and switch Gabby over to the right, or even have Aubameyang on the right and Saka. Saka, I hope one day can play the 10. I think that might be his best position. I know we've seen him at left back and we've seen him at left mid and now on the right, but I think centrally, I think is the best spot for him. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it was such a good game, but I think Chelsea could have at least grabbed the point from this for sure. I think definitely Frank Lampard is trying to play Werner in his left wing role. And I'm not saying he's like Vardy, but... He he's a he's a striker who wants to get in behind off the off the defender's shoulder, and putting him out in that left wing role just really doesn't work. And they were crossing the ball so much, yet they didn't put Giroud in. And Giroud was laughing on the sideline while they were down three one. So I I think if they put 
Giroud in, they win or they come they come away with a point for sure. Yeah. So, um, Michael Dillette, what do you guys think Arsenal did well in this game that set them apart from Chelsea? I think I think we attacked, which is something that we haven't done a lot this season. Yeah. We played a natural ten. Smith with like, and, and not Willian on the field. I think those two were like the the most beneficial things that we haven't seen from Arsenal this season. Emil Smith Rowe's inclusion, very helpful to the attack. You can rethink my I think I think if anything, it's just like playing young, hungry players in a new formation that allows for creativity. Just really like just added a lot to the team. It's not the same Willian or Aubameyang getting tired after 15 or getting discouraged after 15 minutes after a goal is scored by the other team. These are young guys that are hungry, that want to play. And you can just tell, like, the way that Gavarel Martinelli moves on the field. Like, he he wants it so badly. And it, it's just so it's so refreshing to see from an Arsenal player. They have also, hunger and desire, basically. Add, you cut out. What was that? I said I would like to add that this game was without arguably our two best players this season. Gabriel and Partey. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I... I think Gabrielle definitely would have handled the crosses a lot better and wouldn't have made Arsenal look so susceptible defensively. Yeah. Mm. That being said, Pablo Mari looked really good out there. I think that was his first. Was that his first start? In the, the season. In like a year yeah. since he signed. He, he looked very competent. Which dude, is, yeah, Rohan was asking me, he's like, who's Pablo Mari? And then I, I was just like, honestly, dude. <laughs> yeah, I never heard the name Pablo Mari, I'll be honest. <laughs> With all that being said, did y'all think. That foul by Reese James was actually a no, no chance, no chance. So I'm thinking I we got like I, I like from my perspective I was like damn that's not a foul and maybe that's just the Reese James fan in me but I don't think that should have happened and then I guess Chelsea got kind of stuck in a bad position like giving up that penalty and then Shaka with a that incredible cannon. yeah with that free kick just get down too well early I don't think that was. I think they just got stuck in a bad position. We really didn't get to see the true Chelsea yesterday or a couple of days ago. I also, I, I also think if Mason Mount scores that free kick, it's a different game. It's a completely different game there. No, I completely agree. Yeah, and I, I mean, obviously, like you can't decide an outcome of a completely different game, but I think it would have been hard for Arsenal to get a spot back in it. I think maybe that would be a one hundred percent like, thing to rely on. Like, if we concede first, we're completely out the game. But I don't know. I, I just think Martinelli on the pitch, that fight is is always going to be there. Whereas, you get the Arsenal side from last month, we concede a goal. We're basically out the game for the next 80 minutes. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, yeah, go on. I don't think there's really much to worry about. Like, you gave up a penalty, you gave up a... Incredible free kick, and then the soccer goal. Was it a shot? Was it a cross? I don't think we all really know. Like, it's <laughs> a very, very peculiar game. I don't think that it should like freak out too much. I don't think Frank Lampard yeah. should be on the hot seat yet for that. All right, before we move on, um, Owen, cross or goal? Uh, well, it was, it was a goal. Or cross, cross or shot? Cross or shot? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think it was a cross. 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 Michael, I think shot because he was. It looked like uh, Mendy was a bit out of like he was caught away from the net a little bit. 
it was on his it was shooting it was with his right foot Shaka Saka shot it with and he's I don't think he was there was no one over there for him to even really make a cross to I think he just saw a little opportunity Saka showed that type of a I don't know. I think oh, oh, only he will know. Only I, he will I know. I think the way he hit it, it looked like a cross. And then he wasn't like out of position or anything. He was ready for uh, like it looks like a, a good miss cross. cross. It was honestly just a really shot, bad cross. Saka doesn't miss hit crosses. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's hard to say that he miss hit a cross like that. Yeah, I. Like it was windy. Level. Getting subbed off at half. Say anything to you guys about the state of Timo at Chelsea or I. It goes back into what I was saying earlier. I think without, I think Lampard's having him in a different role than he really should be. Forcing him out to the left side isn't helping him or the team. He's trying to make him play kind of like Sadio Mane, I think. But like I said, he's a he he's a striker who wants to get in behind. He wants to play through the middle rather than out on the wings. And Lampard's kind of containing his play style really. Dude, something that me and Michael were talking about was how fast Chelsea, like, bring in strikers and then get them out, like, within a season if they don't perform. Yeah. So how long yeah. do you guys think Timo has at Chelsea? <laughs> I think Timo has a longer time because of Frank Lampard and how much he, how how much like standing he has with the Chelsea club. If if he said if Lampard says no, I think we should st- stick around with Werner. I think Werner will stick around and be given a chance, but I wouldn't count on it. I feel like a lot of people are overreacting to Frank Lampard's loss. Like, they were, they were saying, oh, you know, he's a fraud, he's this, he's that. Like, first, you know, it's one game. Like, fo- football fans know. tend to Werner's over... has been bad the other 14, don't worry. Huh? Werner's been bad the other 14 games. Oh, no, no, I'm, yeah, I'm talking about Lampard, but oh, yeah. he, like... Football fans tend to overreact with each game. Like, each game week and forget about previous match weeks. But, you know, he's done a good job. He did an incredible job last season with the youngsters, getting them into a Champions, Champions League spot. So I, I, I think everyone just needs to calm down around him. Um, I do want to talk about the Leicester-United game. Looks like United can always come back, but they can't defend a lead. Josh, what were your thoughts on that game? Um, uh, I thought it was a good game. I mean, it's a tough run in the uh, the Christmas fixtures, so it's hard to, you know, keep a consistent winning streak during this time with all, like, you know, you'd have to have a really deep roster, and that's almost impossible to have. And so, I mean, Dan James has been playing, but I don't think he's been playing poorly, but um, I don't know. I just think if United are, they definitely have a squad. They have enough talent in that squad to be a top three team in the Prem. I just question their A, consistency, and B, you can't make a deep run by just making comebacks. You need to be able to defend the lead. You need to be able to score first and protect that lead. And I... I, I don't know if it's just me, but I, I don't like my team coming back from 2-0 down, 3-0 down. That's just me personally. No, no, I completely agree. I think, you know, you, you see the teams that, like, win the league the past couple of years. 
a lot of their score lines are more 1-0, you know, not 2-1 kind of games. It's a lot more 1-0. You know, it's games they should have tied, but their defense is solid. And that's the problem with United at the moment. With, yeah. You know, I, they, they leak goals. And, I mean, like, you, you can't really fault the second goal. I think Vardy would have pulled it wide. Twin Zebby was just unfortunate, honestly. Like, you can't mm-hmm. do anything about that. that terrible marking. Yeah, I mean, he, he shouldn't have had that space. But, I mean, Vardy was honestly going to pull it wide, and he was just in a bad situation. Yeah. Michael, what were your thoughts on that game? How did, how did you guys like Lindelof at right back? <laughs> <laughs> you know... I only with the wheel. Yeah, I mean, it goes into the no tactics theory. Yeah, and then um, I know I guess before, just wanted to say just uh, just when Cavani gets on the field for United, it just becomes so much so clear the deficiencies Martial has as a striker for them. Like I. If I, I really wish Cavani was a young player right now, because the way like the positions he gets into, like the just the understanding he has the game of the game compared to Martial is just so so beyond Martial's abilities. It's 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 really kind of like it's really frustrating to watch. But he Cavani matches that like he matches that creativity level of Rashford and Bruno so much more than Martial does. Like, and that, I don't want to make this like a shit on Martial segment. No, no, no. We're here for this. We're here for this. We like this. <laughs> to be fair, you're never going to get a young player like that. Yeah, it's... That's like... That's just something that comes yeah, with... age. It's really sad that he's like a 30-something-year-old guy that's only going to be there for a year. Like, I wish he was like a 24-year-old. Like, it, it seems like United is just so much more calm when he's out there. Like, the attack just makes so much more sense. I don't feel... I don't worry as much about the guys back there cuz i know the guy at 9 is going to well like help to like score goals for them. He, just, re- he really brings a sense of class to the yeah. to the attack. Mm-hmm. A little that bit being, of I think Cavani is like the perfect like developmental mentor type player for Martial at the club. Yeah. I hope so. Really do. I mean, I hope that's I still want to sell Martial. Yeah, I, I think Martial should go. But I right. have Greenwood in that nine spot. Oh, like that's it because they only pretty much only play him on the right. I wish they would just give him that shot at the nine right now. Yeah, so I think he has it in him. It's just you know, definitely takes some adjusting. That's fair. Yeah, um, I, I want to give y'all my thoughts on the title prediction and let me know what you guys think. I think it's gonna be Liverpool first, City. Chelsea, Tottenham, United. Those are going to be the top five. No Leicester? Oh, yeah. What do you think of Leicester? And, uh, so you think Everton falls? You think Leicester falls? You think Villa? You think Chelsea comes back? I think Chelsea. Well, I mean, you look at the table right now. I think Tottenham comes back. Yeah, because... Tottenham have sucked in the past, like, three games. Yeah, but at the moment, if if you look at if you look at the table, one win will put you up like three or four spots. One loss will put you down like it's close four or five spots. So it's a very tight race. But I think the quality that Liverpool and City have 
will set them apart from the rest of the pack. And I mean, I mean, you, you look at their squads, and we know City have the ability to go on like a 15-run unbeaten game. I don't know if they can do it now, but they're looking a lot more positive. They're looking a lot brighter. Uh, they they have dropped points in games they should have won, but I feel I I feel it'll be Liverpool and City. I don't think that race will be close. I I think Liverpool will be like comfortably clear to win the title, but I think the gap between second and third place will be like seven eight points at the end of the season. Between I I I want to have United third. And Chelsea fifth, but I just feel the squad that Chelsea have, and if Lampard can get the best out of Werner or play Giroud more, that really put them in my my opinion a third place rather than a fifth. I could see that. Like that makes more sense to me though. Yeah. Um, if we were gonna be that third place team, we'd need to fix our leaks. Yeah. And. Yeah, Zs will come back for you guys. I think when he plays, it's a Chelsea looks so much more like effective attacking. Like he, he passes so much better than everyone else. Or would he just stay healthy for an extended stretch? Um, so yeah, Owen, what are your thoughts on that? On the list or Chelsea? On the list. Uh, I think I think Tottenham will be in there. Uh, I you said Tottenham. I think Leicester will be in there. Uh, not sure. I'd say Leicester instead of Tottenham. Really? I really? So I think I think Leicester. Mm. I don't know. We'll see because it is Jose Mourinho. It's you know it's tough to say. You can't. Yeah. You can't put him down, but. I think Leicester, <laughs> I think Leicester instead of Man U. Yeah. You think Leicester instead of Man U? Yeah. I I think Everton will be sixth place. Like they they qualify for Europa probably. Yeah. But. I just don't see them going on a run of games. I mean, they get James Rodriguez back, and I think in like in like a week or two. Um, I I believe I read Dinier's recovering pretty quickly, like a lot quicker than they thought. So he could be back into the squad before the end of the season. And if that happens, I might have them fifth. But at the moment, I I think they'd be like a sixth or seventh place team. I'm just saying these title predictions will probably completely change in like a week after. People start making January transfers. That's also yeah. true. Yeah. It's funny. It's weak. That's crazy. Yeah. It's exciting stuff. I know. All right. Well, we ranked our top 10 most valuable transfers. So not which transfer was the best all in all, but which club got the most value for their money. So the bank for their buck. The bang for their buck. I, was this hard for y'all? Because I, I found this pretty difficult for me, honestly. Like I did too. Yeah, I thought it was really, really difficult and confusing. Kind of hard to put a value. Like, because there's so many different positions. So, like, if you're looking at Hoiberg, who has one assist and no goals, you'd be like, no, they didn't get their value. But if you watch him play, he they definitely got their value. And you can also look at someone like Kai Havertz, who's like 22 yeah, so, exactly. You know, but, like, that's obviously one for the future. Exactly. So, this was a bit weird for me. Um, yeah, you kind of got to know every player's play style. You got to know them individually. And you got to know, how, like, what teams want from them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so, those there were two players that were tied that were left off the list. Cavani and Decore. 
Um, I believe Josh was the only one who had Cavani, which which was a good shout. I I I was thinking about having Cavani for sure, but dude, he's on like two ten a week. Yeah, but no, no, no. But they got him for a free. I know. I was I was looking at the contracts that they're on a free because usually they juice contracts if the transfer is free. Oh, okay. That might. Mm. That makes more sense. In the way that Thiago Silva was on a free, but he also took a pay cut leaving PSG and is on like, like one thirty a week or something. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, I think Rambo's like that. At UA. Yeah, it's the crazy contract. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, moving into the top ten, tenth place was Callum Wilson. I think Newcastle got good money for Callum Wilson. I had him seventh in the list. Um, I believe he has. Uh, let me check here. 11 goals and assists in 12 games, and without him lately, they've been struggling to score. Uh, I, I wouldn't say, like, he's world-class or anything, but he definitely brings a sense of class to the Newcastle attack. What are y'all's thoughts on that? I agree with that. I agree. Goals aren't cheap, and they... That's it. Yeah, they got, they got like, a really consistent, proven goal scorer for... Like twenty mil or something. Yeah, no, they really did. Glad he got to stay up in the prem too. Yeah, for sure. He's definitely a premier quality player. Like it would have been a waste to have him in the championship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ninth place was ninth place. Yeah. Another honorable mention. I, I'm actually just assuming that he's not on there, but Ruben Diaz, just because he was like sixty-eight mil. Yeah. He's ninth really- place, Ruben Diaz. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> so expensive. Ruben D. He was I actually put him on my list because he was so expensive. Yeah, he was number two on my list because I thought he's worth every penny of that sixty million transfer. I I wanted to ask how come you had him second on your list? <laughs> sixty eight million's a lot of money. It is, but like just the, everything he's provided, I think that I think they have the least amount of goals conceded so far this year with like twelve. Um, I think they had like seven clean sheets, yeah, and he's he makes John Stones look yeah. good. He said he played <laughs> he played like the second most minutes in the year yeah. behind like Harry Maguire. He's only twenty three. That's like um, in Europe. Yeah, he's played every minute for Chelsea no, and uh, or for uh, for City. Excuse yeah. me. And it just feels just good knowing that they City might actually have their company replacement at this point. Yeah, no, I mean as a City fan, since he's coming to the team. I think we've had eight clean sheets across all competitions in nine games, and the one goal we scored was an own goal. Uh, unfortunately, it was a Ruben Diaz own goal, but I mean, he couldn't he couldn't do much about that goal. But I mean, having him into the team has definitely shored up that back line, made it a lot more comfortable every time Ederson gets the ball. I don't feel like you know Otamendi's going to get swiped from behind because we got rid of Otamendi. John Stones has gotten back into what City bought him for as a good ball-playing center back. And I think having him in has made John Stones better. It's made Cancelo a lot. It's allowed Cancelo to get forward a lot more. It's made Kyle Walker a lot better when he when he's in the team. So I don't know if I have him second, but what kept me away from having him in my top 10 was the price tag that came with him. Mm. Yeah, that's what I agree with. That's fair. But I mean, if he's going to be on the list, it'll be ninth, 10th. So it doesn't make, it makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Eighth place, Ferran Torres, staying with the New City transfers. Um, he he was on two two or three people's list, but like in the bottom bottom four. Um, he was on, he was fifth on my list though. Oh, most, okay, is that what it is? Mostly because of his potential. That's the you know the youngest player to score a hat trick for Spain, mm-hmm. and just like the you know. His intelligence is there, and so like I think he just needs to develop a little bit more. So that's that was part of the reason why you know I placed him so high, is not only did they like get him for that much, but and there's a future for him. Yeah, definitely. It was it was eighth on my list. I mean, twenty. I get a twenty year old winger for twenty one million. I think he had was it the most chances, second most chances created La Liga last year. This year already seven goals and like eighteen appearances in his first three Champions League games, scored every single one of them. He seems like it, whether he's going to be like a Sané replacement or just moving forward, the City winger for the future. He's they got the guy at a great price. I mean, he's so dynamic as well. We saw him score at the striker position against Newcastle this weekend, even though he's naturally a right mid, right wing. So I mean, he he can play anywhere, which is such a big help to City because. All their positions are so dynamic. I mean, Kinsella was in it. Kinsella was in it right back, but he ended up like playing Cam basically whenever City yeah. attacked. So I think having him in the top ten list is is definitely fair. Um, seventh place was Ollie Watkins. I think that was a pretty fair shout. Owen, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, I didn't realize too. It was so expensive. It was like twenty eight. Yeah. What what kept him low on my list is he has a lot of potential, and it'll probably come with age. But he misses a lot of chances at the moment. He misses a lot. Yeah, of also yeah no, I agree. He scored a bunch. Yeah, he he scores a whole bunch, but he also misses a whole bunch. There's room for improvement. Yeah, yeah, and I think it'll come with age with him. Let I me. Mean, I think so. Last year. Uh, or 50 appearances he had at Brentford. He scored in 26 games. Or he scored 26 goals for them. Got them, almost got them to to get promoted to the Prem last year. And then I think just like in terms of like the perfect team for him, Dean Smith, the the Villa manager, was the guy that signed him at Brentford. They brought him back up with him. And, but he's been great for them ever since. Yeah. Um, I just want to speak for a moment about Brentford. How I, I really thought they were going to make it into the Premier League. And I was so happy because I knew if they didn't make it, they were just going to get fiended on by the bigger clubs in the Premier League. And that happened. I mean, we saw Ben Rama go, Ollie Watkins go. So it was that, that was sad for me. Um, but anyways, moving on to sixth place was Gabriel. Um, Owen, you left out Gabriel. How come? Uh, I honestly, I, I meant to put him on there. I was going to put him a little bit low, but I, I just honestly just forgot him. Oh, all right. All right. Um, yeah, I feel like Gabriel's a good shout I here at six. I had him fifth anyways. Yeah, I had him. I had him sixth. I had him eighth. Yeah, I probably would have put him seventh or eighth just because he's not cheap. And he's been like, like he's been good, but hasn't been like outstanding. That's true. He hasn't been. It hasn't been Ruben Diaz good, but it's just so nice not seeing Socrates and Mustafi and Dapin <laughs> there every week. Like, yeah. 
just for that alone, I think he the value he brings is so much, bro. And that goes that goes into like your criteria for ranking the list because you know what it was partially what Arsenal needed. Yeah, definitely. I think him and Ollie Watkins being next to each other on the list make, kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Same price tag. I think they perform to a similar level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, goals for Gabriel so far is just like the threat he provides on corners. Oh, yeah, is true. something that Arsenal has lacked for a while. Definitely fighting for that Arsenal top scoring, uh, <laughs> <laughs> top scorer of the season. Not more than a, a bomb yank. I yeah. Think <laughs> um, moving up into fifth on our list was James Rodriguez. Um, I think this was such a good signing. Michael, you left him out. How come? Just because. So it it, it kind of like I was I was kind of grouped together those three big Everton signings him. Uh, Alan Ducore, and Ducore was the only one that made it on mine just because he's had the he's he's played every game he's been healthy. Alan has missed the stretches. Jaimez has pretty much missed most of the year since that really good start. So I, he as far as just um one of the things that I really considered was just like if you're able to play consistently, and he just hasn't shown that for them, which is why he didn't make. He, That's it's a, it makes sense to me. It's a really good point. Yeah, um, I'll defend myself because I I had him second. Me too. So for me, it's it was I know what he can bring to the table, and I think if he's not in that team, Everton don't get off to that rocket start that they were, that they that they had at the beginning of the season, and they're probably not in the second position that they were in before uh, these Monday games. Um, so I think having him in the team for sixteen million as well, I believe it was sixteen million or so. Yeah. I mean, that's per, that's very good value. Yeah, I agree. The only thing, I mean, again with the injuries, it's like even though he was super cheap, like if you're spending money on someone, you don't want them to be out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I'm with Michael. I left him off too. I mean, he had he did have a good start, like a great start, but then he just hasn't been able to play so there's really not much to go off of like how he's done this season I think he'll have a good like rest of career there but I, he just hasn't been able to show it because he hasn't been able to play did, did Ducore make it? Ducore was 11th he was oh, an okay. honorable mention yeah um, you and Josh had him you had him 5th yeah you, you had him 5th yeah and Josh had him in the bottom of his list but yeah, I mean, speaking to your point as well, like he, James Rodriguez dropped off a little bit before he got injured. He wasn't playing the same as the start of the season. So I guess we'll see what happens when he comes back. And yeah, you bring up a good point in saying, you know, you, you don't want your $16 million trans- dollar transfer to get injured at all. Hey man, take it, take it from an Arsenal supporter. We signed someone with a broken back once. Uh, moving up fourth on our list was Mendy the Chelsea goalkeeper Um, so Owen and Delight you guys had him fairly low how come just just his price just because he was so expensive this was was just a difficult list for me to do but I think I think I would have had him higher if he was cheaper because he has performed well he's the goalie that Chelsea needed but he was just a pretty penny yeah, I just think everyone, the other people that I had hired were just like better bargains, I guess. See, so Mendy was a 22 mil transfer. And then I think maybe I'm just jaded by uh, 
the Kepler transfer from yeah. a couple of years ago, yeah. 72. Yeah. Allison's, how much was Allison's? Like 40 or 50? So I think, I guess, I felt like to me that was a bit of a, like it was a bit of a cheap price tag compared to where many um, keepers are going for. Yeah. Granted, he is a bit older. I think he's like 28. I guess, I, guess but, if, I guess if you're saying in comparison to other goalies, I guess that's good. But I was just looking at like the list that we were given, and it's like he's one of the more expensive people on the list. Definitely. But yeah, what he's offered Chelsea so far, like it's just just a real like breath of relief compared to like the performances Kepo was giving out earlier this year. Yeah. Because like he had like five straight clean sheets to start his Chelsea career. Um I think twelve or twelve I think like I can't remember, like eight clean sheets in his first like twelve games. He's never Chelsea's needed. It, it it just seems like the perfect fit for them. Yeah, yeah and I mean like he literally fills the entire goal, and he's a big. He's dude. just he's he's big. He's fast. He, I mean, Arsenal could have put more past Chelsea in my opinion if it wasn't for Mendy. There was uh, Martinelli grabbed two. Yeah, Martinelli could have grabbed two. Martinelli had a snapshot that oh, yeah. took a deflection. Yet Mendy still saved it from like like what ten yards out or something. Yeah, he's, got, he's got quick reflex. And then Martinelli's bicycle kick. I thought that was going into the bottom corner, but Mendy was still there. There was a one-on-one with Lacazette where Lacazette tried to curl it to the far post. Oh, yeah. Mendy just completely like, extended. Like, he was away from the line, but he completely reached out and got it. I can't believe it. Like, he's just so long and so tall. It's incredible. It's amazing how somebody that tall can get down so quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, he did give the ball away to Lacazette, but but he made up for it. He made up yeah. for it, yeah. yeah. I mean, Lacazette made the wrong decision, but... Yeah, yeah. no, that's also on Lacazette. Yeah. Post wide open. <laughs> yeah, not not even near post. Mendy was still like eleven yards off his line. Yeah, I just chipped or something. He just dribbled or chipped. Literally anything else. I don't know. Is it difficult to chip Mendy, bro? He's tall. That's also true because then you. I mean, okay, he's six six. He he's reaching with his hand. On. Yeah, you gotta he's get probably, that there. At he, least eight. He's Maybe. probably at eight feet. You have to include him, assuming a jump. Yeah, assuming a jump. That's you, like that's maybe a, 11 feet. <laughs> that's a lofty chip. Tall. You got a point. Um, but moving with the goalkeepers in third was Emiliano Martinez. Um, Josh, you left Martinez off. How come? I didn't put any goalkeepers on my list, actually. And that's because of my, um, my fraudulent evaluation of keepers. So I decided to just not have an input on that. Okay, that's fair enough. Valid. Like Martinez was fourth for me on mine. He's it just whenever uh, last year when he came on with Leno got hurt for Arsenal, just incredible to end the season. He was it was just so competent back there. And then since since getting to Everton or since getting to Villa, the most clean sheets in the mm-hmm. Prem. I think the second least amount of goals conceded with thirteen is just he's been he's been a rock back there. It's been he's great to watch solid. him finally have a, a starting position in this league. And, I mean, he can do everything. Like, he's he's very comfortable on the ball. He was a lot more comfortable than Leno was uh, over at Arsenal. And I and he's so quick as well. I remember that Trent shot um, in the Liverpool-Arsenal game. And he just got across his line so quickly to cover that. It was such yeah. a good save. And, I mean, he he's a bit old, but he honestly just seems to be getting better with each week. There were some stretches last year where I was questioning whether 
I really wanted Leno to come back because Martinez was just so good yeah. back there. But yeah, and I mean, how how much did he go for? Uh, like 22. 20, Tw- yeah, 20 million. Yeah, 20 I thought about even putting him first, to be honest, just because like a proven Premier League goalkeeper that's like that you can see like right in front of you is in form at the time. That like never ever comes around. Like clubs never sell that, or clubs really never even have that position. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Especially for twenty million. Even if he went for like thirty, forty million, that would still be a great value signing. That's true. Um, second, we had Hoiberg. Uh, oh, and you left Hoiberg off. How come? Uh, it was really just down to my like criteria. I was I, I don't know Hoiberg's like play style. Like haven't like watched him in depth. So I was just looking at, like, stats and all that kind of stuff, and it just didn't really, like, stick out to me. Uh, but, like, looking at it now, I'd probably put him higher on my list, like, fourth, maybe, because he's, uh, he's a solid player, and he went for fairly cheap compared to others. Yeah, um, I I think he's been really, really good. He, he started picking up his game at Southampton towards the end of the season, and I thought he was going to be pretty important in that Southampton team because he kind of fits into the manager's play style. But, I mean, he fits in better with the Tottenham play style under Jose Mourinho. And he's just been so, so good in this. Uh, Solid. It, yeah, in that team. I mean, yeah, you look at his stats, zero goals, one assist. But defensively, he might. he's one of the better CDMs in the league for sure. That's been... Like he he fits into that Mourinho ball style really well. It's kind of like him and Sissoko dropping back uh, with the center backs. It's been so hard to play against, like so hard to score against those guys. Um, I didn't realize he's only twenty five years old. He seems like he's like a way older guy. I didn't realize he was Danish. I thought he was uh, like some like hardened Eastern European guy from the <laughs> But he like he seen. I remember a couple weeks ago, Dylan and I were talking about. Like football players that feel like like we don't even know if they like the game. They just kind of show up every day to work and like work oh, yeah. hard, and they go home. Like he seems like a like it's almost like a construction worker type mentality, like nine to five kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Bro. Football's a nine to five for you. Every yeah, bro. He he's played every game for Tottenham. He's um, he tackles well. I think he's ranked high on like the most tackles this year. He passes well. He gets the like attack started. Like pass to Harry Kane. He'll get us it out to Son. It's just he's been a revelation for them. And he's a freaking tank as well. Like if you're coming down that right side, having to go against Alderweireld, uh, Regulon, and Hoiberg, like that's terrible to go against as a, as a winger and midfielder. And they shut down a lot of teams. I think when Arsenal played Tottenham. And then uh, Xhaka were getting at it a bit. And I was just thinking oh, yeah. to myself, Xhaka, please don't do this. You don't want to mess with this guy. But he, right? <laughs> he, he definitely seems like... He definitely... Se- See, I also thought he was Eastern European. I didn't know he was Danish until just now. Like, I, I thought he was like... A Eastern European mobster. Like, I could definitely see him like being he one. Look, he doesn't look like... Like he's from that part of Europe. No, he doesn't look like it. But I feel like... When I say Hoiberg, and I, like, imagine Hoiberg, he just seems so big and, like, tough. I imagine, like, a Viking. Yeah. But look at, if you look up some of the pictures from him young in his career, when he, like, hasn't got tats yet, and there's, like, clean shaven, he like looks like a good old Danish boy. But, like, <laughs> now he's so, like, hardened and, like, like, he can just, like, 
eat a bullet if he wanted to, bro. <laughs> yeah, he's crazy. But before we move into number one, let's do some players that were left out. Um, I think Regulon could have been in this top ten for sure. He was a bit pricey, but I feel like the job he's done and the work rate he has defensively and offensively, I might even go to call him a complete fullback, one that can defend and go forward well. So I, I think he could have been in this top 10. Definitely. Um, Dillette, did you have Eze on yours? I had him 10th. 10th? Yeah, Dillette had Eze. Um, I, I had Su- uh, Suchek, right? That's how you said. Yeah, yeah. Suchek has been very good this year. Um, I was thinking about having Suchek as well. And from the CDM position, Josh was, tell- Josh was saying earlier, it's impressive he scored four goals. I mean, as a, very, like a defensive midfielder, that's you know, it's uncharacteristic. He's a very good yeah. work rate. I thought about it, but he just hasn't played. That's it, yeah. The price was good, but just, yeah. he's been so injured, it doesn't make sense to have him on here. Oh, you cut out when you were saying the name. Who? Oh, Ziyech. Oh, yeah. oh, Ziyech. Yeah, Owen had him ninth on the list. Yeah. Um, I, I, If he's been playing and he was playing to the potential that he has, I definitely would have had him, even though he was pricey. Yeah. Um, ben ben Showell, and anyone have Ben Showell? I had him 10th. Owen had him 10th. Yeah, 9th and 10th. He's been like, he's been outstanding, but he's been solid. He was pricey. I just put him there. I had, my I had parties. I mean, he's been injured. That's yeah. his... Uh, that's that's like how I looked at a lot of them. Like if they've been injured, then it's like you literally cannot get your money's worth if they're not playing. Yeah, and even Party fifteen mil was a pretty expensive transfer. Yeah, I think Party is worth like his money, but yeah. he just hasn't played yet. So. I think he'll have like three goals, like two assists. He's been great. Say Chilwell. Yeah, Chilwell. Yeah, especially yeah, um, from the defensive position. A lot of mine go into. I didn't put any keepers, so like I'm missing a few spots. So I have like I have Alex Tellez on there. That's partially because I'm a United fan and I hate Luke Shaw. So for fifteen mil. Yeah, fifteen mil. Yeah, that's insane. See, I would he he's someone I consider. I just I don't think United has figured out how to use him yet. And I to be fair to Luke Will, like he's he's older, so like I feel like he's a good you know leadership of an outside back. To be fair to Luke Shaw, he stepped up his game since Alex Tellez joined the team. And, like, I, I won't say he's been keeping Alex Tellez out of the team, but he's made it a competition for sure. It lit a, it lit a fire under Luke Shaw's ass. Like, you know, had somebody gunning for a spot. Did, did you guys have Thiago Silva? That might be. Oh, is that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So, first place <laughs> is Thiago Silva. <laughs> um, <No. laughs> uh, so, no one had Jota? Did we already talk about Jota? No, so I, I was I was gonna talk about Jota. I I was gonna have Jota because he's been so good. He's even kind of at times made Klopp change his formation and play style, which is incredible for a player to do that, especially with a manager like Klopp and an established team like Liverpool. And he's definitely worth every single penny. So expensive. He's just. 50, it's the same reason it didn't have Ruben Diaz. Is value-wise, like, these players that you get on a free are giving more, in my opinion, value-wise, than a player you're getting for 50 million. That's it. Yeah. To me, like, he was he was 10th on mine. And it just... Uh, he's he's performed, like, 17 goals... Or, 9 goals, and I think, in 17 appearances. 
but like it's it's a luxury signing if anything like he doesn't it's not a guy that you slot into he's not a starter for them he's a he's the first guy off the bench and just for that price it just doesn't make sense to have him high on the list but I feel like he has made a lot of the other players around him better. Uh, oh, definitely Firmino stepped up his game uh, yeah, yeah. after the Jota signing as well. Um, just offered something different than Firmino at the striker spot. Like, it really like makes a goal scorer more of a dynamic team. Yeah. Also, I would like to add, Wesley Fofana went for like 40 mil. <laughs> and while that is extremely overpriced, he's been great. And he's English, which means that eventually United will spend about 200 mil on him. <laughs> oh, this is great business for Leicester. Yeah, um, Delight, you had Fafana in its sixth position. Um, yeah, I saw it as an investment. Okay, as an investment. Okay. Because yeah. he's fair. English and he's he's actually pretty good. Yeah, no, he, 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 he's really no, like no. pretty good. And so I'm assuming they're going to like get around 80 mil whenever he leaves to a bigger club. I mean, it is. Grealish, we won't need him. Yeah. <laughs> it is Leicester, and Leicester are known for you know, Conte, Mares, Maguire for eighty mil. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah, I I don't know if I see him go for eighty million, but I, I see them making a profit off of him for sure. Maguire went for eighty million. Yeah, but I feel like they <laughs> they they learn from their mistake. Surely. That was this World Cup performance. <laughs> I guess that's that's a, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, first place Tiago Silva, uh, Michael, you had him fairly low at ninth place. Yeah, so it was like free transfer. It was just great, and I love the fact like when you they brought in so many new guys, it's nice that they just they got a captain as well. Like he just came in and immediately got the the armband, and like it seems like all the guys have gravitated towards him. But they. It is low because he's, I think, what, 35 years old, 36 years old. Who knows how long he, like, it doesn't seem like he could, I don't, I don't know, like, what the long-term uh, value of him at Chelsea is. But for a season, like, he's been, he's played great with Zuma. He's played great with Mendy. But, yeah, I just, like, the age is what really, um, it doesn't solve the long-term problems for what they have at center back. Yeah, so I had him fourth. I, I would have had, if he was like 29, I probably would have had him second. Possibly he has a case for first. But he, like you said, he is pretty old. But since he's come into the team, I think he's made Zuma shine in that team. Yeah. And he, that combination of him and Mendy has just been so good defensively for Chelsea. And he just brings so much to the table. He brings class. He brings, he brings an attacking threat uh, on corners. He brings a sense of safety whenever, you know, the other team's attacking Chelsea. Because, you know, Zuma isn't the best center back in the world. He's definitely good going forward. And he stepped up his game this season. And I just think that's because of Thiago Silva and the influence Thiago Silva has had on him. I think also Thiago Silva is there. I mean, you guys are saying it's bad because he has no future. But obviously that wasn't like the intent of the signing. They have Tamori on the bench, yeah. like young upcoming center back, and they also have Saar out on loan, who's like another up and coming center back. Yeah. I think Tiago Silva was like exactly what they needed. Yeah. Perfect value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially like if he wasn't there, I don't know who you have captain that team, right? 
Like Conte, I guess. I don't. I say just give it to Reese James. Reese James, might as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one else to captain that. There's no team. adults over there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kids. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I I read an article or not not an article, but like a a like news thing. And Thiago Silva knows French. Um, Zuma is French. Um, Aspilicueta knows French. Mendy knows French. So they were all speaking in French. And Ben Chilwell was apparently like super confused because he only speaks English. And they were all just like communicating in French. And Ben Chilwell was so lost during that game, apparently. <laughs> Jeez, bro. Because oh. Arsenal kind of tried doing something similar last year, like bringing in an old, experienced uh, center back in David Luiz. And it just shows, like, it, this is like Thiago Silva being there just really exemplifies the deficiencies of David Luiz, bro. Like, he's not the. Like, we wanted, like, an old, experienced center back that could help guide the young guys. And. He's not that guy. And Gabriel, Gabriel's, Gabriel's guiding him. Yeah. yeah. Um, what did you guys think of that Liverpool West Brom game? Oh. Dude, I don't understand Klopp because he said he was surprised whenever West Brom parked the bus. He was like, "I wasn't expecting them to play so deep." That's that's very against the natural laws of football or something. I was like, "Dude, it's West Brom." Like. <laughs> It's Big Sam as well. Get back in Portugal. Yeah, I think he just got because the week before they played Liverpool, played Crystal Palace and got seven goals. So I don't know. Maybe I don't think I don't understand why he wouldn't think the natural response by West Brom would be that right. everyone sit back. And to be fair to Liverpool, after they scored that first goal, for the next twenty minutes or so, they had so many good, good chances. And it was yeah. just one of those games where they were just hammering on the door, but it would not cave in. And I think we should talk about the West Brom goalkeeper, oh, Sam Johnston. He, he has saved them, I think, four... He, he's brought them four... Er, two, two draws. He made two, sensation, two or three sensational saves against City. And he made a sensational save against Liverpool yeah, on Firmino's, yeah, Firmino's header going far post. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was incredible. I think he's been really. Re- I, I believe he. I, I think. I think. Someone checked this. Maybe. Um. I think he has the most saves in the prem at the moment. Oh wow. I think, yeah, I think you're right about that. It's like, yeah, crazy amount. We'll see how good he is soon. I think he'll be up against yeah. Lacazette. Yeah. With <laughs> Sam, Sam Johnson. Not yeah, a lot of goalkeepers pass the Lacazette test, man. I mean, yeah. Uh, most saves with 64. 64 saves. Test. What is that, 15 games? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I well, mean... Well done by West Brom, though. Like, very good strategy. Just absorbed so much. Yeah. It. I think they only had, like, 29% possession, something like that. But... Yeah, I think they were down in single digits in the first half at one point. Wow. You know. The header, that goal that they did score by Ajayi was I, I know Fabinho playing a bit out of position, but he has played well at center back. And uh man, he just got out left by a Jai so he bad. Did. That one it was, was weird. It hit the did. post, bounced out, and then the spin brought it back. Yeah, that was a really unfortunate goal. It didn't hit I don't think it hit Allison, did it? I, I think it went right in between I, I think I know I think it was just the spin of the ball just put it back in. 
Yeah, like, I mean, they showed all the highlights, but it was just weird. I, I, don't, for West Brom. I honestly don't think Liverpool should be too worried at all. Like, it, it was just a, such an unfortunate game to lose. I mean, you concede a goal like that, you're hammering on the door for, like, 20, 30 minutes, and it, it's just so unfortunate for them. Yeah, Liverpool win those games, like, four times out of five. Yeah, so, so that's my thing with this title race, is there's not one team where I'm like, yes, they are doing... X, Y, and Z, they're finding a way to score. Because as we were talking about earlier in earlier episodes, like championship teams or teams that win the Premier League find a way to score. Whether it's company shooting from 30 yards, curling it near post top corner, or it's Robertson with a added time header against Villa. Like the, the teams that win the Premier League find a way in these tough like 1-1 games to find a winner. And there's no team that's really doing that. That's why it's so close. That's why it's so close, yeah. It's weird. um, Liverpool's shown that a bit this year. Like, if you go back to the the Tottenham game with the the 90th minute Firmino goal. But, um, yeah, this is is a game that they should have won. Like, Liverpool last year, Liverpool two years ago, would have beat West Brom. No question. Right, it's like like you're saying, like, uh, they won... Like that Tottenham game, but they'd be showing it more consistently. I feel like and it's just, instead of just like one or two games in the season, they'd be showing it like every single game. The thing about them, though, for every like one mistake or error they make, you know, Manu's gonna make three, Tottenham's gonna make two or three, Chelsea the same. So, like, if they just stay at this pace, it seems like they'll still end up winning the league. I mean, I wouldn't count City. I don't know how this COVID thing is gonna like. Affect City, if you guys didn't know, um, Everton City game was canceled. Uh, five players with, uh, within the City team have COVID. They've shut down their practice facility. The game against Chelsea, I believe on Sunday or Saturday, is up for question as well. So I don't know how much that's going to affect City's race because they were getting like a, in a good stride with a decent run of games. Uh, defensively sound, the chances were there, just not scoring. They were looking a lot more positive. So I want to say City will close the gap and make it somewhat competitive. Now, I don't know if that's the bias in me, but I also don't know how this COVID is going to affect them. Do you think it's going to like put a little break in them, make them like retract a little bit? I also didn't see which players have COVID. So if, if it's like Sterling, De Bruyne... Like right. Diaz I and I know Jesus and Walker have it. Yeah, I know Jesus and Walker do. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny, but Kyle Walker <laughs> with the with the scandal earlier in the year. Breaking. You know, good for uh, just to get because they've just been desperately needing Aguero back for so long. Maybe this will be the little break that they need to finally get him consistently in the lineup. To be fair, Aguero missed a very good chance uh, against Newcastle. I found it, like, painfully amusing, you know. Should have scored, but he didn't. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the end of our episode. Thank you guys for listening.